Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Three Things Podcast. This is episode number 70, featuring three-time reoccurring guest Mike Baranis, a.k.a. the Stoked Brogy, and all the other phenomenal nicknames he's given himself that is a derivative of the Stoked Brogerson himself. Mike owns a fitness facility out, out on Long Island or in Long Island. I believe we cover this in the podcast as well. Stoked Athletics is what it's called. Mike has an amazing community. He does a really good job and he's one of the few guys in the fitness industry who I think gets it as far as being a coach, a leader, um, someone who walks the walk, talks the talk, and actually is in this to help people. Mike's conversations never disappoint. So with that all said, I'm going to let the intro music take over here. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with the Stoke Brogy. Coming to you live from the Garage Podcast Studios. This is Casey Lee with the one and only Broke Stogerson, Stoke Brogy, Brogalicious. I don't even know what the other nicknames are. I've had too many beers at this point. But I'm with Mike Baranis, aka the Stoke Brogy, for round three of the Three Things Podcast. Um, Mike, how you doing, dude? I'm doing well. Uh, quick, quick question: Who's your most featured guest? My most featured guest is still John yeah. Moljo. Um, How many times? York, uh, five. Oh, fuck. All I think right. He's yeah, done five. Wait, yeah. yeah, it's not fair because him and I like actually hang out in person. Like we make time for each other like in person. So like in the car, we'll just like put Zoom on and just record our conversations and call it a podcast. Even the audio is full shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're up there. Like you're, I think this you, this will be your third. Steph Allen, I think has done two or three. Um, Rob Aguero Hoffman's done three. He did his third today. So okay. you're climbing. You have an open invitation. So, all right. What are you doing tomorrow? Not a whole lot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to do it, like the only thing is, I so now I'm like a, I'm like a full time caretaker of my child. So mm-hmm. um, nap times and after bedtime, like I'm down. I'm down. Bet. I don't watch Bet. like TV at all. So like I don't even though. The TV thing in the speed round, but um, I'm down for podcast. So if you want to make this like a TV show, if you want to do, whoa, pause before we get started here, we we could do this as like a TV show. I'm gonna explore like a Twitch stream, and we could do this. Like if you want to do a Stoke Brogy TV show, if you take my idea and run with it, I'm I want Roy. Okay, I, I want to announce now that I've had an idea for one, and I'll I'll say the the title too because it's a beautiful title. <laughs> yes but i mean i could just you could just be the producer and we could run it that way you should shit like like i've literally thought about just like like last night i did a, a podcast and i just invite with um, a mental skills coach who works at the same gym as me and we her and i just like jammed for about an hour and 15 minutes and we had like 22 people just jump in and just watch and i was like man i could do this every night wait it was live yeah like we just so i muted everyone when they came on and we just jammed like her and I just did like a three things and people just jumped on and watched live. That's sick. I mean, it's time to get creative, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll do yeah. it. I'll make this shit like big brother. Um, also uh, we'll talk after this because I have an idea for next Tuesday, the, um, the round table. It'll be great. It's uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in the speed round towards the end. Um, but it's going to be nice. Um, so anyway, Stoke Brogues, um, let's start with a little intro. This is Mike Baranis. He's been on twice. So if you haven't listened to those podcasts, you probably should. Um, he has the last, or I should say the most recent pod, which I think was on Halloween. So we're due for another one. Um, Mike, give us a little bit about the who, what, where, and why you do what you do. Yeah, so uh, my name's Casey Lee. I live in Vermont. I'm the director of something at Parisi. <laughs> You know, I told Chelsea before I got on this, I was going to do that. I was like, it's going to hit so hard. That's going to be such a good, good gimmick. I don't think I've ever um, like done it for myself. So people are probably like, who the fuck is this? This random fucking Northern Vermont wanker. You're the director of something though, right? Things. doesn't so, matter. Something. I yeah. do stuff at a gym. Like, so, 
CEO of Three Things Podcast. Okay, so my name's, that's it right there. Um, my name is Mike Baranis. Um People also call me the Stoked Brogy or the Broke Stogie or Broke Stogerson the Third. Uh, I own Stoked Athletics on Long Island. It's a small group personal training gym. Um, and, you know, we're kind of known for having that skate, surf, uh, unconventional culture within the fitness industry, I'd say. Uh, we sell t-shirts that say some days off and people buy them and then I get to buy food. So that's, that's, that's the why of what I do it to say, fuck you to a lot of people in the industry and then to also buy food. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised you didn't jump right in with the plug for swell taco. Um, I like that you've violated your terms given in the first podcast we did where you said the next one had to be done in person with beers at Swell Taco, considering that I don't know when I'll ever be on Long Island again or in Long Island, on Long Island. Uh, Definitely on. It's on, on Long Island? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Considering I don't know when that will be, I'm glad that you violated those terms and we've been able to do two podcasts since. Yeah, it just means when we do the fourth and the fifth, they have to be at Swell. I'm, I'm so down. Yeah. Dude, a lot of my members like uh, make fun of me. They think I own st- uh, stock there at Swell Taco. Cause like even this week I was just like constantly going there, like support your local small business, AKA Swell Taco and just buy as many burritos as you can. Uh, I hope that my new pizza place that just moved in down the road for me, uh, shout out to Stones Throw, Richmond, Vermont. Um, if they ever want to sponsor this podcast, um, I'm in, I'm so in. Oh yeah. Um, I'm, I'm fresh off the quarantine 15 right now, dude. It's tough. The times, times are tough. Um, I'm out here just eating pizza and drinking beer every day. Cheers to that. Wait, Uh, hold on. The quarantine 15. Yeah. I've seen that online. Does that mean like the freshman 15? Just like that. But it's like a house all day. You just drink drink beer and eat. (laughs) I'm such an asshole. I'm reading this. I'm like, these idiots. It's it's COVID-19. Hey, y'all, it might be the, the, I'll tell you what, it might be the COVID-19 on my waistline by the time this shit's all done. Um, I'm here for it, though. I'm here for it. Um, So for those that might be tuning in because uh, you saw the Stoked Brogy, um, maybe you took Mike up on his um, $20,000 phone call for people with a lisp fetish on the last mm-hmm. podcast that he, he so nicely um, announced. No free ads. There was royalties. Um, but the three things podcast come from the three questions that Mike and I are going to talk about. Mike does not know what I'm going to ask him. Quite frankly, I don't either because I don't have anything written down for this. We're going straight rift. Uh, when you're a reoccurring guest like Mike Baranis, the Broke Stogerson, the third, which I will have to talk about the two broke Stogersons before you, um, mm-hmm. the founding fathers potentially, or a founding father. Um, yeah. We just riffed it. And Mike has d- dropped some serious nuggets on his first couple podcasts. So I have no doubt he'll do the same here today. Uh, Stoke Brogy, are you ready for your first of the three things? I am. Are you? I'm, I, dude, I was born ready for this. That's why I created the <laughs> podcast. Um, so one thing, and you talked a little bit like in your intro, like you're known for like the surf and skate like vibes talk to me a little bit about what it was like and this was probably years ago but when you first were identifying like what you wanted to bring to stoked athletics like whether it was the logo from the first time you did it the color scheme like the like the different things you've done and you can even talk about how it's kind of morphed into your brick and mortar now talk to me about like the process you went to just kind of come up with with what it was like what you are like what you do who you are and how you want to bring that into to stoke athletics hell yeah so it started as a joke like all good things um my buddy had a company called 360 and i was like fucking around with designs for him and my name on instagram i think i think at this point it was the stoked brogy um so i was just messing around I was, his was three like the number three and then written out 60 so i did the number two and then written out stoked like two stoked and I was like, you know what, that sounds kind of cool, like Stoked Athletics. So then I, uh, I went in LLC and then quit Equinox like two weeks later. But I was already going to quit there anyway. But so I don't think I had this like sit down meeting with myself and said like, okay, like you're going to be this kind of brand. It was more just like, let me just train people and see what happens. And really it was just like, let me just get money in my pocket because I'm broke as shit. And I, I do want to do fitness as, uh, you know, a career. Like, let's just figure out how I could do that. So at that time, you know, I was like 
my, uh, it was after college. So it was like my roommate from college. I'm charging him like 50 bucks for online coaching. I'm, I'm training people out of like a, another person's gym. Uh, and it's just all under this stoked athletics thing. And I'm not really sure I knew what it, what it was going to be, but I did have the logo with the Shaka, the hang loose symbol. Um, it was a slightly different one than I have now, but I think that it's just like kind of evolved just from like who I am as a person and like kind of like my own personality. And I've just been trying to create that into a brand itself because I think it is necessary to have uh, that part of the population represented in fitness where in my opinion, it's so undervalued right now. And like just the type, the, the type of people that we want training at our gym are not the type of people you normally see at gyms. So I think number one, like they have this need for it and like everybody can obviously benefit from training in some aspect. And so to get them in the door is huge for me and like makes me like personally fulfilled because I'm helping people that otherwise probably wouldn't be at a gym. Um, and I forgot what I was going to say for the other part, but yeah. Well, let me ask you, let me, now let me kind of corn or cornhole, pigeonhole, whatever. Let me just specify the question a little bit more. What would you yeah. say to a guy sitting in his 225 square foot garage gym who maybe be look is looking to identify his own training outlet training style, whatever, like how would you tell, what would you recommend someone do to kind of find their own unique flavor in fitness? And maybe it's something they can't do, but like, what would you yeah. have them do? Like, how would you have them start? I would just con consistently practice like, uh, like being unapologetically yourself with your members. And like, obviously like you have to have like the pro professional guidelines on what that means. Like you can't just be totally crazy. But like I would just be like just who you are with them and let that shape whatever the brand is going to be. Yeah, because I think what's what's really important to pull out, because I mean, as as a proud owner of a stoked athletic sweatshirt and a some days off t-shirt, like you said, it just started with you like just training people. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't a brand. Like Google wasn't Google until Google became Google, I guess. Is yeah. that, that makes sense? Like people talk about that all the time. Like what you name something is so irrelevant to the service or the outcome you provide in that thing that mm -hmm. people spend so much time on a brand name or a logo design, a color scheme. And it's like, well, what you're doing, is it even a value to someone? Um, and I think like that, I don't want that to be overshadowed in what you said because it's, it's so true, especially in the industry we're in, like you've got to just train people. And that's number one, man. Yeah. You've got to just do it a lot and you've got to really fuck up at it. Um, I think it's, and this maybe segues into the second thing, unless you have anything else you want to add to that. I do. I do. Um, I just want to kind of reiterate what you said, because I think it's so important for like, there's so many people out there who want to start their own company and like I a hundred percent support it, but it's like not even, but it's like, so that when you do keep the focus as the number one thing of just fucking get your members results, get your clients results, like be good at training first. Like, don't try to do this. Like you have a cool brand name and stuff like that. And you're like, all right, I'm going to do this. And then you make your brand and you, you register your company or whatever it is. And then you try to start learning training. It's like, well, now your brand has a shitty stain on it because you're probably not that good. Like, let's just be honest. So like practice the craft first in some capacity, which like, if we're going back to like, what would I tell a guy in his 225 square foot garage? Like you, you're, you've done that. Like, Right. And then, yeah, now is the time to start like, all right, who am I? Who, are, who is the, the community I'm attracting? Like, I, I did go back and forth a lot with that, like, you know, the imposter syndrome and, and thinking like, oh, there's no way I could have this. And, you know, I have to kind of appeal to the masses first and all that stuff. But then I realized, like, that's not what's happening. That's not what's, one, bringing me personal fulfillment, but two, letting the brand grow. And it was you know, by getting the right members of the community and like touching on their pain points and touching on like their needs, they're going to then attract other people in that same community to come in and that becomes your brand, right? It's like the brand means nothing until there's people behind it. And it's like, once you have your, your like crew of people, then you kind of understand where your brand is. I do want to also say, I, I, I agree with you with like, how much people tinker over it at the beginning. But I do think branding is such a huge part of like a successful company in a sense. Like I understand if you look at like Cressy sports performance, like if we're looking at like logos, like does their logo really speak to anybody in any certain way? I would say like, not really. It's just their initials. But I do think that there's a brand behind it that like 
they are still working on and anything from like the colors they are using to the verbiage they use when they speak, like what is their, what is the voice that they're saying versus like, what is the voice that like Mark Fisher has? Like that is branding in itself there. So like keeping that consistent and understanding like who you're talking to, how you're talking to them and how you represent yourself all goes within what makes a brand. And I think I learned that best just from like growing up in the skateboard industry uh, and growing up, you know, going to concerts and like watching bands and like, you know what bands pop and who has that cult following and stuff like their brand. Same thing with skateboard brands. Like what sells the most uh, to skateboarders who are probably like the hardest market to sell because they're all 15 year old, dirty, sweaty kids without money. Like you got to know how to like brand and how to like represent yourself as a business. It's really interesting. And, and that's actually kind of like the second question. That's actually a really good segue into the second question I was going to ask you. What other industries do you learn from? Like we like a big thing that's come up in the fitness industry is learn from other industries. Mm-hmm. Like we hear that a lot from like different mentor groups and different quote unquote influencers in the, in the space. But like who, like who do you follow? Like, is it, is your come up in like the skateboard, like industry, like you just said, like if they can market to poor, grungy, dirty, 15 year old kids that have to buy their stuff, like they're clearly doing something well, who do you learn from in a different industry? I think that's number one. Yeah. I, I think trying to learn from as many as possible is probably going to be your best bet starting there. Um, there was a quote from, I had this professor for a, it was like a fashion class I took. Not a, not a fashion class, but it was like the, it was more about design. And his quote was, his name's Sean Sher. He's an artist in New York City. It was a cool, he was such a cool dude. But he said, I'm sure it's from somebody else. To, in order to be interesting, you have to be interested. Have you heard that before? Yeah. Right? I don't know where it originated, but he's the one who maybe like put me onto that. And then the idea from there was just like, and literally since he said that, I, like, I was just always like, all right, sick, just be as interested in everything as possible. And like, then you're just going to grow as much as possible. So I think looking at like one, the music industry is huge because I think it's pretty aligned with like the idea of like gyms and the idea of artists and stuff. I, Cause I do think when you break it down, like your brand as a gym, like you are an artist in a sense. So kind of following that and like seeing how they market and seeing what they do. And I love the idea of like really intertwining both of them. Um, skateboard industry is huge. I like, I read, what was it recently? Uh, the Steve Jobs one. So like, I think his, uh, who was it? Isaac uh, something wrote it. But like listening to him and like listening to how he learned, like from like one technology industry, but also like the housing industry and designers and like the wood woodwork industry and like all those things. Like, I don't know if I can really pinpoint just one or two, but it's like as many as possible because at the end of the day, the principles are all going to be the same. Yeah. Like our, our methods are going to be slightly different, but the principles have to stay the same throughout every industry. And like, you know, when at the end of the day, when you're trying to like get people on board with your message, like there's only a few ways to do it and you just have to be good at it no matter what the industry is. And I like how you just equated it to, to like artistic industries, because I think a lot of times like people that I've talked to locally here in Vermont, like they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm learning a lot from the real estate industry because they know a lot about, like marketing and like identifying different key points in market trends. And like everything is like really hardcore business related. And everyone you just cited was like super artistic, like very visual. And Mm -hmm. I guess a follow-up question is like, how do you like in your interpretation of whether it be stoked athletics, even your new brick and mortar with like how you position different things in there? Like what is like, how does art play a role in fitness? It's a good point. I do want to add on because it came to me as you were talking on recent, uh, like, uh, endeavors. I've noticed myself like really paying attention to one, whenever I go to a hotel, what I love about it. And then what I hate about it and thinking about that for like the gym. And then also like going to restaurants, what I love, what I hate. And then like, how can that play into the gym? Ooh, we might have to dive into that into the speed round. Oh, hell yeah. I do the same thing, especially with restaurants, and my wife hates it. Well, I don't like saying anything to anybody. I don't say anything to anyone. I don't don't know if I ever do. She's like, why can't you just eat the food? And I'm like, listen. (laughs) I did actually say something to, uh, it's because it's also like one of my boys, he works behind the counter at Swell. 
And like the other day I was there and I ordered a steak burrito. And there was no steak. In it. There was no steak? No, there was just a bunch of potatoes in it. I'm just like chomping at it. I'm like, oh, this is a really mushy burrito. And then I was like, dude, there's no steak in here. It wasn't like I complained. It was more just like I was flabbergasted. But can you repeat that question? Yeah. So I think the question was, because I kind of got off topic too. I think it was, so like everything you just listed was like artistic. And, and I guess my follow-up question to, to everything you just talked about was like, how do you envision, like how do you see fitness and art coinciding? Like whether, even if you can use, you can use examples of your gym. Cause if no one's looked at stoked athletics, like go to at stoked athletics on Instagram and see what Mike has done to like this little place. Like it's, it's as awesome. Like it's the vibes you've done. Like even I, I remember and it, it will always stand out is the, it was, it's like your desk. It's like the original, like, Oh, the counter we have there. Yeah. The counter from like the skate yeah. shop you grew up in. Like I would love yeah. to know the story of how you got that but how you even found it but like like you because you liken everything like you just not like said like industries you learn from it and you listed like woodmakers and like different more like artistic creative designs like how do you yeah. think that plays into fitness because i think with art there's a lot of like people really focus on the details like if you listen to like you know i think it was like strawberry fields forever like that song i think it was something ridiculous i don't know the amount of hours put into it but it's like something like just for that like however long minute song like what is that five six minutes like hours and at like 30 40 50 hours on one song like every detail has gone over when people like make an album like one song can have a million takes and they're just trying to get it right the same thing with like any of those other uh industries like going back to the woodworking one the one that stuck out to me at uh in that steve jobs book his dad was a woodworker and he would make like cabinets and stuff and he always paid attention to the details on the back, even though nobody was ever going to see them. Like, you know, in case anybody ever turned it around, like you want to make sure it's there. And then Steve Jobs, the same way was inside the computer, even though like you could not take it apart, like the design of the inside was sick. And I think in making a gym that is supposed to have like a certain culture with it. And like, you do want that like cult personality within your gym. Every aspect has to be thought of like from how we, you know, our bathroom isn't just like our bathroom. Like, there's like the way we, you know, the things we pick to put in it, like the, the counter going back to that, like we could have gotten any counter. Like I wanted the counter from the skate shop that I grew up in and that I worked at when I was 16. Like the way that like one of the first things I wanted a huge ass logo on our somewhere on our wall, because like, I want that to be our flag. Like the colors we choose, the, the way we're setting things up, even like the names of some of the, like the, the events we do and like all that stuff, like our, are when you're buying a membership at Stoked, like there's different membership names and they're all like too stoked, live rad, laid back, like all those things play a part. And I think like with the art industry and with like music or, or whatever industries kind of have some artistic take, like there's such attention to detail in everything they do. And that's what I think like you need to try to pull into your gym. I think if you're, I know so many gyms that's just like, I think it's more so in the, the sports performance world that's just more like just put fucking some machine, not machine, but equipment into a room, train the athletes. I'm like, that has to be done in some cases. I don't think it's necessary. I think you can kind of play a little bit more, but I think especially when training gen pop, you have to step your game up and like, you have to have a brand, you have to have a culture that you're kind of going after. You have to have a message that you're embodying and that becomes like everything. Yeah, man. I think like people, it's funny, like, the more I talk to people who train like in the gen pop clients and in training gen pop clients myself, like they're hard to train, not because the training is hard, but because speaking to them is hard because they come from such discipline, like multidiscipline backgrounds. Like you just said with like your different membership types, everyone's coming to fitness for a different purpose. Whereas, and I work in sports performance, like everyone's coming for one purpose and it's to get better for their sport. Like it's singular and it's easy. Like, like I'll be the first to tell you like working in sports performance. It's just, it's not that hard because everyone's coming for one kind of unique thing. There's different, maybe little tweaks in there, but largely everyone's coming for one thing. Whereas with gen pop clients, they're coming for a variety of different reasons and purposes and different backgrounds and injury histories and things like that. And it's not, it's not easy. Like people think it's like, Oh yeah, gen pop clients. It's just like, they need GPP work. And then some general hypertrophy. It's like, no, like that's, like 
you're missing the boat because it's hard to speak to those people. Like you, you even said like it's stoked. You have people who come there that maybe don't go to traditional or normal, like normal gyms. Like that's super badass. And I think that's what makes Stoke super awesome. Um, my third question. And as someone, and this is, I think we talked right as you opened your new spot, like mm-hmm. scaling Stoked Athletics, like what are some things that you've been really mindful of because Stoked has grown, which is super awesome. What are some things that you've been really mindful of as Stoke is growing and continues to grow that like it's just kind of on the front of your mind? Can you, I hate to ask, can you be more specific with that question? Like mindful of... Sure. Like as you grow, what are you, what are you very mindful of to not lose with where Stoke maybe originally started? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's solid. You can Uh, always ask clarifying questions, Michael. Thanks, man. Uh, I think the biggest thing is not, not moving away from our message. And like part of that message is like we're a service industry first. And I always say this, I feel like every time I'm on this podcast, we're service industry first, we're fitness industry second. Um, and to me, that means like having an insane connection with all of our members. But with scaling, it's had to be like, okay, well, how do you have that same connection with everybody? Um, since we chatted, I think when, when I, oh, Brew Boy's here. Oh, uh, he's, not, he's not tuning the camera. Um, since, since we chatted, I think I just had hired Gabby. She was definitely an intern, but I was just taking her on. Yeah. So now she's a coach there. Um, so it's really been like, okay, how do I teach her now? Which thankfully, like she is a very, uh, personable person. So how do I create a system that we both abide by? So that's a, a normalcy within the brand of giving people this service. And that's not just like how we speak to them on the floor, but how are we following up with them after sessions? How are we sending them letters home of like, yo, you're crushing it. Like, how are we celebrating people when they uh, hit really great achievements? And then how are we taking care of our people, you know, when we know things are rougher? Um, that I think is the biggest thing that like has been on my mind on like, all right, how do we not lose that? Because I think the training part is fucking easy. You know, like write solid programs. Again, like keep always trying to be like perfecting your craft, write solid programs, be a great coach. Like that's the fun part that people come for. And I think the harder part is like, maintaining that connection with your members that especially if you're a business that's just starting out and growing and like if you only have like when we you know, I mean two years ago I was renting out a CrossFit I had five people training with me you know like they clearly got my attention now we're at 60 something and it's like how are we managing all those people and you know at the end of this year hopefully we're 100 plus and it's like cool we have another coach how did I teach them and how are we managing all these people it's going to be continually growing in that, in that fashion, just like constantly having that on top of our mind. And at that point, we'll be at podcast like nine and we'll be talking about just straight scaling business and we'll be selling mastermind seats as I host you in this mastermind for royalties, obviously. But, this is, um, I'm already starting the mastermind. If anybody wants to send me $10,000. <laughs> Yo, like some of those mastermind groups, like, Yeah. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I was young and naive and I, I hopped on a call once to join one. I won't name who's it. I, I'll tell you after this. But it was like ridiculous. Please tell me it was Tom Plummer. God, tell me it was Tom no, Plummer. No, no, no. Fuck no. that guy. I've already really? said him tw- on, twice today already. I'm friends with him on Facebook, but I don't know him. I can't. I got, I got into a Facebook fight with him once. About? Millennials. I think I remember that. It was because I basically was just like, why can't you talk about how, like, instead of talking about how shitty millennials are, why can't you just be on the forefront and just talk about how to communicate with millennials? And then like everyone in strength action just started like just fucking ripping this guy apart. Is that when Todd also mentioned, uh, Oh, Todd and Chris. Todd and Chris both got in on it too. It was there, nice. There's there a time that Todd mentioned John Roman Yellow. Is that how you say it? Uh, that was just maybe a separate time. I loved it though because Todd was just like, like John, John somehow, like somebody must have sent it to him. And then he went on there and said something. And Todd's like, dude, I've never like shied away from it. Like I've told you to your face, I don't like you. And I think <laughs> what you're doing is wrong. 
I love that. Yeah, yeah. like it's uh, I got an invite once from Perform Better to attend Tom Plummer's like business professionals, and I literally was like, I can't fucking stand that. Guy. Can you slander him a bit? Like, I don't know enough about him. Like, who is he? Like, I, I know he added me on Facebook at one point, and every now and then I see his OG, book, OG fitness really business long. guy, OG fitness business guy that I have no doubt that he's been successful, but and this is such a such a rant from like where we were in a conversation, but. Like, I just can't stand people that rip millennials and maybe it's because I am a millennial, but it's like any population and like, I don't rip boomers, you know, like, why can't we just learn how to like good management is good management. If you can learn to communicate with someone regardless of age, like demographics, wherever they come, like just learn to communicate better and like how you would classify that person doesn't matter. Like I manage only millennials basically. And like I, they're the, some hardest working that I've I, like, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's my um, Tom Plummer, like mastermind rant, like jab right there. So if you I should get him on the three things podcast. No fucking way. And I'll tell Why you off air who, who's some fucking, who's been on this podcast. That's a fucking asshole that I'll never have back on for round two. Everybody but me. No, you're on for you. This is round three. What are you talking about? You've been opening. No, I'm Everybody but me is an. We're starting a show. We're starting a reality fitness show. Big Brother Fitness. Can I tell you the name? Yes, please. Of the show. So you know, how, like it's it's all like the Tonight Show. Yeah. The All Right Show. Oh, dude. It's like all right, dude. <laughs> dude, I, I'm telling you, like we could be early movers into this, and with enough like reach, we could by the end of next week, we could have like a thousand viewers. Easy. Dude. I could pay for them too. So easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, that's like the, like you want to talk about getting creative in the fitness industry, like a fitness TV show. It'd be like the OG Jack LaLanne show. I don't even know what that is. Jack LaLanne, dude. Who is that? Jack LaLanne is like one of the pioneers of fitness. Like, Oh, that guy. Okay. My dad told me about his like pamphlets or something. Yeah. He did like the face stretches and shit. Like, dude, Jack Lane is like, he was the man. He was the man. Yeah, TV show? Yeah, he was like, had his own like fitness before like Richard Simmons, before like all those like, like 90s group exercise in like the 70s was like Jack Lane. My man. We're talking black and white TV, man. I love it. Jack Lane, gotta look it up. Um, I, think I, I think I asked you three things. So I think this is a good segue to the degenerate speed round. So um, if you're at this point and you've, you've basically gained all educational pieces, fitness related from Mike Baranis, AKA Broke Stogerson the third, this is a good time for you to stop. We salute you for your download and play, but you're of no use to us unless you'd like to listen to the degenerateness of the speed round um, to which it's a good time. So um, this is probably where you get to know Mike on a little bit more personal uh, level because all of the degenerate speed round questions, although they can be answered as long or short as you'd like, um, have almost nothing to do with fitness. So this is the only reason I do the podcast. Um, I was going to say, I would argue this is the most valuable part of the podcast. It is. And I'll tell you, so I'll start with this. I hinted at it at the very beginning, Mike, next Tuesday night at 7 30 PM, we are going to do a round table pod, a round table, three things. It's only going to be a speed round. It is going to consist. These are the invites. I don't know who is going to be able to actually attend, but the invites are going to be, you ready for this all-star cast? Mm-hmm. Rob Aguero Hoffman, Kristen Callahan, Steph Allen, Jessica Burdick, Mike Baranis, Dolan. Doesn't even have a first name. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I feel like I might be missing a few other people. I'm open to suggestions, but basically we're going to put together just a bunch of fucking degenerates. I'm going to moderate just a speed round. We're going to record it. And then by the end of the week, when we have a thousand viewers, we'll be selling ad revenue and we're set. (laughs) What do you want? Who are you going to get to sponsor that one? Uh, Dude, we'll get like Bud Light to sponsor it. Bud Light sells to sponsor it. Done. They'll do it. Yeah, why not? They should. They totally do. I'll get someone. I'll tell you what. I was really close to having a sponsor for this podcast. And then it kind of came down to like, like it became a job at that point. And I was like, ooh, ooh. And you're like, dude, I only do this once every six months. Yeah. I'm like, I do this just when there's pandemics. Like I, it's, I don't do this all the time. Fuck yeah. 
I blame my kid for the for the cutoff. It's tough, man. It's tough. Um, okay, so speed round. I'm leaving all that in too. I'm not editing shit. As you um, should. So we were. I think we really hit the nail on the head with the power ranks of candy. So I want to power rank some other things right now. Um, I just drank a Michelob Ultra during my last podcast. I would love to get your, and, and pardon the harsh phrase here, but I would love to get your power ranks of shitty beer. Mm-hmm. Now, does PBR count as a shitty beer? I mean, you know what I mean. Like, what is the definition? So, like, I think of shitty beer is going to be in, like, not a craft. Like non, like it's like it's got to be mass produced by like Anheuser Busch or yeah. like some other like mass brewer. Cool. Okay. PBR number one. Clearly, it's that's elite. That's elite. I bought. I bought my buddy the ninety nine can box uh, a couple weeks back for his birthday. It was a pain in the ass. Um, PBR number two. Does Modelo count as shit beer? I get, yeah, it's in there. It's in there. It can be in there. Modelo, done. Number three. And here's the thing. I don't really drink that much beer. I'm whiskey diets, like too many of them. We can talk whiskey after. Okay, so yeah, PBR, Modelo, and then for the third, like strong third, like I go there and they're like, I got Coors Light or Bud Light. I go Coors Light. I do too. I love yeah. just the cans turning blue when it's cold. It was um, so sick. Whether I like the beer or not, when the can turns colors, I'm so in. Um, yeah. You want to talk about branding. Hmm. Yeah, dude, a hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's where it's at. Um, I like that. I mean, I'm I, I'm a Schlitz guy. I'll get I'll, I'll get some Schlitz. Um, it's nice. Uh, Mickey Ultra. It wasn't bad. I mean, I didn't enjoy it, but I wasn't. Is that the champ? Is that the champagne of beers? Uh, High Life. I like High Life. Oh, only that's Miller, right? Yeah, only if it comes in a bottle. High Life is nice. Um, don't like Miller Light, but like Miller High Life. So I think that's probably not a PBR guy, but I would go probably High Life number one, Rolling Rock in a keg number two, and then three would be like Mickey Ultra. I'm going to change my third one from Coors Light to Coors Light Banquet if I can. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this is the riveting fitness content that the industry needs. Um, yeah. So my next power rank, and I God, I, I apologize if I've asked you this before, but That's I okay. just asked this to Kristen Callahan, and I'm a firm believer you can judge someone firmly by their answer in this question. Give me your top three flavors of Ben and Jerry's. Half baked. That's such a number one. Yeah. Oh my God. It, I, and I, I, I fight for this one. Number two. Only if they don't have half-baked. It's not even like, oh, should I have half-baked or this? It's like, if there's no half-baked there, the Tonight Dough. Yep. We're identical then, so far. Yeah. And then, well, this might change it. Okay. No number three. Wow. I literally only will. Well, wow. see, you know what? Okay. In, in the events that I've had a third one, it was one of those core ones. Yep. It was like a, it was like a weird, like, chocolate cheesecake and it's like the ooey gooey center you know but i was ripped out of my mind <laughs> and i was like this is either the best thing i've ever had or like i know i'm gonna wake up one to throw up in the amount of like it's like it was like oozy goozy sugar like middle and i'm like stabbing my spoon in and just like <sighs> shoveling it into my mouth i'll go fish really... food man i'm a i like fish food i've never had it oh it's good it's got like I mean, if you, it's got marshmallow in it, so that that tends to be a deal breaker for most. I people. don't think that should be an ice cream. It's I'm too hard. With it. Um, where do you stand with donuts? Filled uh, versus like hole in the middle? Like, talk to me about your philosophy on donuts. I think they're overrated. Mm-hmm. I think the 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 donut powerlifting culture was one of the like. There's so many better snacks. So I was eating donuts before donuts and deadlifts was even a thing. I will say, yeah, okay. Glazed. That's it. Is like the best. Pants on fruit with like breakfast pastries. What is it? Like fruit with breakfast pastries. Like where do you stand with that? What's an example of that? Like danishes. Like do they? Does fruit belong? Like jelly filled donuts. Like where does fruit belong with breakfast pastries? I don't know. I've never had this question. Okay, so so next time you're in your gym. 
people in there. I'm telling you, this happened last year, National Donut Day, like June, whatever. Like maybe you wait till June. I don't even know. This sparked the biggest controversy, controversy of 2019 in our gym. National Donut Day. One, do you think like filled donuts or donuts with a hole? Where do you stand? From that question, we got so many different opinions. Like the basically the biggest thing that I've gathered, you're either pro fruit in pastries or you're not. Wait, is that a correlation between the people who like filled donuts and the people who like, how does that? Nope. Because you can like a Boston cream donut, but hate jelly filled. I think both are disgusting. I'm, I'm pro like, like if you put, I mean, I'm here for filled donuts, fill them up. I don't care yeah. what's in them. I mean, no, nah. and I, I'm not. I'm not the person to ask for that. When I eat snacks, and like I snack hard, like Ben and Jerry's, I'll house a box of Oreos, like the whole, like all three rows. Like I'm a cookie guy. I don't do like donuts. Wow, I mean, I don't know. But I'm telling you, ask that question next time you're in your gym. You will be people will like live or die by like their answer on like pastries and fruit and like donuts filled versus unfilled. It's, it was wild, dude. I was blown away. Can I, can I tell you the the question that was, was our equivalent of that in the last year? Please. If you were about to have like surgery, like they had to amputate your, like the, just like a little bit, like your leg, let's say like knee down, right? They had to amputate it and they look at you and they go, we could save a little bit of that meat on your calf for you to try and you're not going to get it like and this is it's totally safe you're not going to shit your brains out from it like zero health impact it will not mess up the rest of your day at all do you want to eat like your own bit of like you no yes no <laughs> no yes 100 percent. so i don't because i was once a really fat kid and like 230% body fat, like it was not good. My calves are one of my best attributes in my body because of that. Well, I assume already it has to go. Real tough. I don't know. It's not going to taste good. Okay. Say it tastes, it go, like it tastes like a, 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 a normal like chicken thigh. No, say. no. You're not interested at I'm all? I'm interested in eating my own. No, no. To me, it's like, it's like, well, you could, you're never going to be able to eat human unless like you're in one of those, like, what was that? The Colombian soccer team or, or some shit like crashed and they had to eat each other. Like, unless you're in one of those situations, like you're never going to eat another human, hopefully. Right. I'll tell you what, we're probably like three weeks out from having to eat other humans. So, but like, what do you want to, like, if you know the rest of your life, like you're never going to get to try that. Like I'm going ribs, dude. I'm just I'm so just curious. I'm just so curious. Ribs. I'm going in ribs. I want every type of meat, man. Dude. I, listen. That's the fucked up thing too. Like I'm into like that exotic weird. So if I had to eat any part of a human, if that's the question, this is, this speed round has gone so dark and deep. Um, it would be ribs, dude. Like, and I would be like, oh, this is just as good as like a beef rib or pork rib. Like I'm going yeah. ribs. Where's the flank steak from? Is that like right under the diaphragm? I couldn't tell. I think so. I think it's like piece yeah. of it's like very like it's super tender. So I would do that, uh, barring it's from somebody who practices PRI. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Uh, well played. Thank you. Oh yeah. man. Um, what's your favorite whiskey? You said that you you're like a whiskey guy, whiskey whiskey diet, like whiskey sour. Like what are we what are we going with? So if I'm just like drinking and getting drunk, which first of all, I want to make a comment here. When people say like, oh, you shouldn't drink to get drunk. That is the dumbest fucking statement. Why else would you care? Yes, exactly. Like, because you like the taste of PBR. No. They make really good non-alcoholic beers now. If you want to drink beer to not get drunk. Yeah. It's called fucking soda. (laughs) Seltzer. Yeah. Okay. So when I'm just drinking to like drink, it's like, just give me Jack Daniels. Like I'm not nitpicking. Like whatever, what's, what's the, you know, the shitty whiskey you got, put it in my drink. I don't care. I'm not complaining. If I'm like trying to sit down and have like a nice one, the like starter level of nice, it would be like Maker's Mark or like Maker's Mark 46. Mm-hmm. And then if we're going up, I think it's called Four Roses. And it's just one my dad's been getting a lot. And like anytime like I go out to eat with him, like he's like, all right, we got it. If they have this one, we got to get that. And like, I think it's called Four Roses. That one, I was like, I could actually just drink like a cup of this right now. That's how like smooth it was. Wow. Yeah. 
like like make this mark like you're still drinking you're like all right i'm not gonna chug this you know <laughs> but if it's just like straight like whatever one he he was getting like a couple weeks ago i think it was four roses i'll do that one but again like i'm not i'm not so picky with that like especially if i'm like somewhere else like at the end of the day it's all the same shit what's up boy it's it's situational for sure um my mom is a huge whiskey like she drinks whiskey neat like but it's it's not like good whiskey and i'm like mom you got off your status she'll drink like what is it like bird dog is that bad like that's that's is that like jack jack daniels is that daniels would be an improvement from what she drinks oh wow like it's like plastic bottle like Canadian, like Canada Hunter, like not, it's not, That's sick. it's not good. No, it's like Fleischmann's whiskey. Like it's not good. I don't um, know what that is either, man. Okay. We'll end on like one meaningful question. If you could go talk to a young stoked brogy and tell him one thing about what he's about to get into fitness what or age? not, what would you tell him? Give me the hindsight what 2020. What age is he at? I don't care. Oh. A younger Stoke Brogy. I don't care. It could be like three years ago before you opened, oh, like before you took Stoke like in the CrossFit gym, before you took Stoke brick and mortar. It could be college Stoke Brogy. It could be 15-year-old skateboard shop Stoke Brogy. What would you tell Stoke Brogy in a previous life? I would tell pre-brick and mortar one to just keep training people. That's it. Just keep working on it, or just like keep training. Like no, 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 yeah, like do it. Like I wouldn't tell him to open it because I don't want to like butterfly effect anything. But like I would just be like, dude, just keep up with training people. Like just reinforce everything I was doing. Nice. So double down on what you've been doing. Yeah, I don't think I've been doing anything wrong, and I think like I'm in a good position now, so I'm pretty happy with that. And I don't believe that if I could tell myself something like, oh, invest in Bitcoin or something like that. I don't know. Like listen, as someone who when I listen. Listen, I have shares of Bitcoin and it made a resurgence in February. So chill. And did it like, did you make the money back from, have you, are, are you like net up? I am. Ne- I'm currently net up. I'm net up. I'm net up, but. Enough to justify it. Uh, I mean, I'm net up. So like, it's a win. <laughs> um, listen, we're going to wait. We're going to wait like 20 years and we'll, we'll reevaluate in 20 years. Okay, dude. I know one of my buddies. Like when it was like surgeon, surgeon, he put like a little bit in, and I remember his was at like fifty thousand dollars. It was like ridiculous, you know. Yeah. And then he was just like, "I was like, dude, just take it out. Like you know, it's probably not going to be this high ever again." And he's like, "He's like, I put the money in there knowing that I would never have to like I, if I lost it. It was something like a thousand dollars something you put in to start." He's like, "I knew that if I lost it, it wasn't that big of a deal. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna let it ride." And I was like, "Dude, I'd fucking take that in a heartbeat." But I didn't. I did 750 bucks. It surged. I was like, Ooh, I should do this. And then I did. When did you put it in? What's that? When did you put it in? Uh, What was it? Like two years, like 2018. It was like real hot. Was that what it was? It was like two months before the surge. It was like two months before the surge. Cause it was like, it was like startling where I was like, what was the price of one Bitcoin at the, at the time? I think one Bitcoin was like, 14,000 and it got to oh. high as high as like 19,000. Oh, okay. Like it so was what, like, what was, was the like, highest your wallet was at? Oh, I mean, this is people are like going to like start judging me thinking I was like some like altcoin fucking wizard. Um, I put in $750 and I think the highest it got to was just about five figures. Huh? I may have had wow. some other, I may have had some other altcoins in there. Were they also doing well? Yeah. Like. What was it? Either? Is that how you say it? I don't, honestly, I've deleted like the app. I still have money in there. Like I never took it out, but like I know ne- I, I don't have like the actual like wallet on my phone or anything to check anymore. Wow. I have Man, all like the codes and stuff. I'll check it in like 30 years or next time that shit becomes hot again. Like. Who knows? It might be now. It's not going to be now. With this Corona going on, am I right? Dude, so I'm like super woke on this. We should do a separate, we could do like a separate podcast called like the Corona Diaries and just talk about all the industries that are going to fucking blow up right now. 
Do you have stocks in them? Stocks in what? Like the different, like, do you have like mutual funds or whatever? Like, dude, this is coming from a guy who sucks when it comes to stocks. I have no idea what that is. So this is coming from a guy who has like the business background. Like, I don't day trade or anything like that. I should pick that up. That should be my profession now. Um, but no, like I haven't, I'm just not looking. I'm just going to wait four more months and then I'll buy Amazon when it's on a discount still. Uh, okay. That's what I'm going to do. Is Amazon going to be at a discount? It's on a discount right now, dude. I don't know if you've like followed the stock market. I get the morning brew to my email every day. And like, I look at the, do you know what the morning brew is? No. So it's like a kind of a recap on everything in the business world, like stocks and stuff. And the first thing they always have is those little like up and down arrows with all the, you know, things, NASDAQ or whatever. Yeah, it's probably and it's been really red. It's been really red recently. I'll tell you that. Yeah. But uh, right now it's like going, basically it's like going clearance shopping. Okay. Yeah. So I always look at it and I act like I know it. Yeah. I've been reading up on wall street bets on Reddit and I just know all their advice is either really good or really bad. And I, (laughs) we'll do a separate pod where we talk more economics. Um, all right, so Brokey, we'll leave it on that positive note. I may cut this last little like stock market bit out. Yeah, I don't think it needs to be in there. <laughs> but I appreciate you making time and taking time on a Friday afternoon to jump on, dude. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, man. If you need someone to do the uh, the all right show, you let me know. Okay. Wait, I'm like seri- I'm serious. Like I might start this next. Like I might start this as early as like Sunday night. Let's do it. Um. Let me, let me ask something. Is this, are you, this little ending part, is this going to be in there? Yeah, this is going to be in there. Okay. Can I plug something? Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, if anybody wants, I'm doing consultations, uh, they're (laughs) $10,000 and, uh, you get a 10 minute phone call. So if anybody out there is listening and wants to hop on the horn with me, I can tell you, I can't, I can't promise that it's good information and I can't promise you'll gain anything more but you could pay me $10,000 for a 10 minute phone call. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You want to give your phone number right now or do you want me to just put that in the show notes? They could contact me at Mike at stoked athletics.com. And there we can set it awesome. up. Yeah. Love that. Um, love that. I'll make sure that is in the show notes. And if they want to take you up on that offer, they should, they should reach out to schedule that time. Hell yeah.